welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. This is Stacey Eldridge, and it's my pleasure to be with you today and to be in the studio with Lisa Beck. Hi. Many of you who are acquainted with Ransom Heart are acquainted with Lisa. She's an integral part of our women's team. She speaks at our captivating events, and and I've had the honor of knowing her for more than 20 years. Do you know that it's been that long? We've done a lot of life together. We carpooled uh, for kindergarten together mm-hmm. for our, who are now 23 years 23 old? 23 years old, our babies, both of them. How did that happen? We are going to be talking today, um, particularly to women, but men, you'll be wise to listen <laughs> in, particularly, well, about a couple of things. But one of them, really, that we're both passionate about is the stages of a woman's life and um, the honor and the beauty of every stage you're in. And you and I are kind of in the same stage. We are. How would you, how would you describe it? I would describe it as mature mentor phase. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So not just old. Not just old. <laughs> it's that too. It's that too. I'm I'm working past getting um over my fine lines in my face and just letting that go and realizing that's not important. Still feels important some days, but yeah. I working love that past description. that and going offering more than the outside. Oh, yes. A mature mentor. A mature mentor. That is really good. I would say empty nest. Like Mm. in in the world's, uh, the way they categorize this, once the children have reached a certain age and they've left home, they've flown the coop and I really hate that, though. I really, I really hate that term, empty nest, because it really focuses on the empty. Yes, yes, and and it's so much more. It's so much more. So yeah, let's talk about that. So they've your children are older. Yeah, I have a daughter who is twenty seven and married. Is that right? Is Sam twenty seven? Yeah, twenty seven. Okay, twenty seven. She's married and she lives in L A. So she is definitely out of the house. Mm-hmm. And then um, I have a son who is 23, and he is currently back in the house. So our empty nest has been refeathered or re-populated um, yes. for now, not only by him, by by a dog as well that he brought back into our <laughs> home. Um, so that has its own look, too. But Let's talk about that, because that's really normal. That's really common, particularly in the age that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And it's like a majority of what are fondly called millennials in that in-between stage um, need to move back home for a season. Yes. Um, so what does it look like? Because it's hard. What does it look like? Because you're still his mother. He's still his son, your son, but he's grown up, and so— parenting him looks a lot different than it did as a child as a as an elementary school student as a teenager what mm. what are oh <laughs> okay i just have a story when I, my children were young yes uh i have a friend whose children were um late teens early 20s and she told me these are to me your years that you're living in right now are the physically exhausting yeah. ones 
Later, it becomes emotionally exhausting. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, I didn't really know what she meant. And I also felt a wee bit diminished because, (laughs) (laughs) baby, those were emotionally exhausting years, too. Yes, they were. I was taken to the mat, really, and um, really invited to press into God as my strength, as my everything, which was a fruit. But do you know what she meant? I do, but I would like to, like, really— the emotional part of it, it probably comes with any relationship. Right. You know, no matter what the season, there's an emotional element to it that really—so I want to validate that, that that's yes. really true. But the um, the what was hard for me during those preschool years were it was how hard and how exhausting it was, and there was very little— intellect involved. You know, it was just yes. kind of making it through the day and you're exhausted, but you're coming off of um, a lot of intellectual energy during that season of your life. So you you want to offer that and they just don't care. They just want you to feed them and make their lives comfortable. So in reverse of that, now having an adult child and to be able to offer on an emotional, intellectual level I think it's pretty rewarding, but it's challenging because you've spent so much time ordering their lives and being in charge and in control and making decisions for them to keep them safe and to offer them the best you have. Yes. But now they have their own ideas. Not that two-year-olds don't, because they absolutely do. But you're still pretty sure you know better than they do. Yes. And now you're dealing with a 22 or 23-year-old, and it looks really different. I, yeah, that's. I really want to go into that because it is. It's a huge shift. It's even a huge shift. The shift um, began for us. Sam was the first one to go to college, and he came home Thanksgiving. And and that one it was a little different, but the bigger one was Christmas when it was longer because he had become accustomed to doing what he wanted. He didn't have to tell us. He didn't ask our permission if he was going to go out or do something or something. And comes back home, and the rules have definitely shifted. He's not a high school student anymore, but he's also underneath our roof, right? And so negotiating and navigating that. And then, then that just increases as they, as they are adults, right? And and trying to make adjustments. So I think for us, the key word was adjustment, making adjustments. So like how you move them out of their crib yeah. into a toddler bed, into a bigger bed, and and now whatever they'll fit into at this point. Uh, you have to kind of look at that emotionally and relationally as well, is they have a capacity for more. And the way to exercise that or to strengthen that is for you to invite them into more, release them into more. And that's really hard because you've always been in the same role of covering, protecting, ruling, controlling, teaching, teaching, and and that's that's not, it's not applicable in the same way anymore. So you have to adjust for that. And and what it looked like for us, it was it's gradual, like everything. That's good. Is. Yes, yes. There was not a big episode blow up uh-huh. that happened. Although there were a lot of things that did happen, and you would end up 
in bed that night talking, you know, Brad and I talking like, whoa, what just happened there? And how do we deal with this? But um, I think that it happened gradually because they, like as they progress through high school, they might get a job or they might have friends or they get that driver's license, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're easing out into responsibilities that you hope to launch them into. You're you're wishing for that, but letting go and letting them make mistakes that won't cost them like it would if they were 40. Oh, but isn't that one of the hard things? That's so hard. No, I'm not saying this is easy or pretty or what, you know. But you let them make certain mistakes where the consequences are minor now in comparison to what they would be if they were a parent or a spouse or living on their own. Okay, I'm going to ask you for an example of that because that's part of the difficulty is as your children get older, the ramifications of their mistakes, Mm -hmm. um, if you you make a mistake and you uh, are riding your tricycle and you crash— Versus the ramifications of if you're driving in a car and you crash, it's exponentially larger. And yet, and this is one of the things that I'm not thrilled about, but it's true, is that we learn from our mistakes. And and we can't spare our children from all of the suffering that we would love to. Right. Because of how God uses that to shape them and teach them and draw them to himself. And that's how we learn. That right. is how we learn. Yes. And so protecting them from that, I so hoped to be able to say, okay, I really messed up in this area, so let's not have you do it too. Right. And I do believe that you can semi-vaccinate them. You know, you can give them a little dose without the full-blown illness, but you can't totally protect them from everything. So an example would be, when Bree wrecked our van, and it was an accident. Kids have accidents Mm -hmm. when they drive, and she wrecked it. So the consequence to that, um, not that she did it intentionally Mm -hmm. or that we wanted to punish her, but as an adult, what do you have to do when you have a wrecked, disabled vehicle? What do you do with it? And... um, So we coached her through it. We were supportive of her, but can you find out, are the tires sellable? Um, Like wrecked, wrecked, like totaled? Oh, yeah, like totaled. Oh, okay. Like totaled. And and how do we have this hauled away? Is it fixable? So having her, like, sit down with a laptop and go through uh, different car places, you know, that might help to talk her through that. It was a good thing for her to know I can manage this. This is what happens when when something happens, there's a next step. When something happens, you can't always bail me out. Now, no one was hurt, and it, it was her fault. She did have to go to court. So we went to court with her, and we split the fine with her. She was not in a financial position to really pay the whole fine, so we split that with her. All of that, it was hard. It was traumatic. 
but it built her, it gave her a skill set out of a bad situation that I think was helpful to her. That is so good. That is so good. It seemed good. really mean at the time because I bet you it just want to make it go away. Uh-huh. You know, you just want to have the car hauled away and don't even think about it. But it was, um, it was a hard situation. To, and a to, training situation. A training situation, exactly. A, a, something to put in her tool belt, something to build skills and confidence. And um, how old was she? 16. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And that's young. It is you young. Know, that is young. But of course, it's not, it's old enough to but have a driver's license. Yeah. And no, it's not six. And so had she wrecked a bicycle or something, you pick them up, you dust them off, you bandage their wounds, you buy a new bike, you do what you have to do. But if they're old enough to ride or drive a vehicle, then there's responsibilities that go with yeah. it that's more age appropriate. Yeah. And and I would think like um homework would be a similar thing. Like it's nobody wants their kids to fail a paper or to not turn a homework assignment in on time. But we chose that option coupled with time management rather than constantly saying, Do you have that done? Let me check that for you, unless they invited it. Mm-hmm. If they invited it, we said yes. But I would rather them mess up a homework assignment in high school right? than not have their mortgage payment in when they're 40. Right, and and have them feel the weight and the ramification of their choices with more simple things. That's what you meant by saying, feeling the ramifications of of their choices as they're younger versus when they're 40. Um, That's so good. So now we're 10 years later. We are. And John and I often say, where is the book about parenting adult children? And and we talk about that's the book we need to write, Mm -hmm. but that's the book we cannot write because there are stories all about our adult children. And I mean, it's one thing to share stories that are young and, you know, this and that. And, but um, it's called pen names. Pe- yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who I had a, friend. a daughter <laughs> named. Yeah. I think they might see through that. Nonetheless, yes. we're learning and, and I'm learning from other people and I, I'm learning from you. And I actually remember Lori uh, McConnell telling me that. As as a parent of younger children, you you have a right to their life, you know, mm-hmm. and they're they're living in your home. You have a right to and ask. a responsibility, absolutely. But when they're older, you don't have that anymore, and you don't get to just bust through those doors. Rather, you need to be invited in. Right. Um, the other thing I'm learning is that parenting adult children means. Biting my tongue a lot. So much. Have you found that to be true? Even from their wedding choices. Oh, yes. You know, you mean what? You're not you're not going to have a program and tell who the bridesmaids are. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I kind of freaked out with my the program thing for mine. (laughs) And and food, you know, just when they start making those choices that seem big and they impact you or yeah. they they matter to you but they don't really matter you know yes. like it's hard but they're little practice steps towards their adulthood and it's um 
but it's for us when when Chris moved home after he graduated from college, he waited a couple months after graduation and then he moved back just last summer. And we were unsure of how to do this because the book is not out. Right. Yes. So we just sat him down and said, here's where we are. We believe we have things to offer you that just because you're X amount of years old doesn't mean our parenting is over. But we realize that you have your own ideas and thoughts and ways you want to do things. So we are going to, unless you are in danger of life or limb, we are going to hold back and wait to be invited into. So your job search— you go for it if you would like help, if you would like input, if you would like discussion. We're all over it, but we don't want to hound you. We don't want to badger you or lecture you. Well, we do want to, but we're going to <laughs> not to. And are you how how are you feeling about that? What do you think about that? And of course he loved it because he knows so much right now. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. I know everything. Yeah, they know I, every, oh, I did, didn't we all when yeah. we were twenty something? And uh, but it it has actually worked. I think what it did is it um, it tore down a wall or a barrier that he might have had in resisting mm-hmm. and and understanding that oh I can ask if I want it if I want input and. But I don't have to. I don't have to dodge you. I don't I'm, have I'm to avoid you a little right now because 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 I think that's so wise. But like, did you get to say anything? I mean, did you get to occasionally ask how's it going? Or well, have I you considered like things that, like that is that was that's been the key for us is to reframe the questions. Ah. So the questions don't come in. What did you do today? Where did you apply? Oh, right. Are you going to wear that to the interview? That the sort yeah. of thing to tell me about? Or um, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? We ask not with imposing our ideas. It's, or it our, seems it's respectful. It's respectful. There you go. So it, it, like trying to look at them like an adult who has something to say and offer back rather than trying to impose our will upon him by the questions we're asking. And I think you should have applied to three more places today, not just five, you know, or or whatever. Let me see your cover letter, but would you like me to look at your cover letter and see what it looks like or give you some ideas? Or I had something similar happen one time. You you want to hear how that played out? And so an offering or an invitation rather than an imposing on him or a controlling kind of attitude towards him. And it's actually required me to lean into God, you uh-huh. know, to, to lean into believing that Jesus has— a place for him, yes, he, and that he has built him and has a story for him that's his own, aside from what I might want, how I might want it to play out or look like. I want it to be safe and scheduled and have good benefits and health care and the whole thing, and it might look different than that, and having to— trust Jesus in that has been really good for me and 
really good for the relationship. Chris has relaxed into knowing that we believe that, and it helps him believe it. Oh, yes. Remember the sentence that mothering is a prayerful art? Mm-mm. It's so true. And uh, when we began, we were talking about when they're young children, we pressed into God. Like yes. we needed, and man, I needed him. And it's the same now, pressing into God and being able to release them to grow into actually trusting him with our children yes. is is so vital. And we have a trustworthy God who loves them more than we do. But I think for me, part of the challenge is that I see them as the, my, I have three sons, they're all three married, but for my sons, I see them as the young men that they are. I see them. Mm-hmm. But I also see them as the four-year-old, as yes. the six-year-old, as the eight-year-old. And, and it's, a, I can slip in if I'm not paying attention or if I'm feeling fearful, I can really slip into being the mother of, a, of an eight-year-old. It does not go well. No, nor does anything when we um, operate out of fear. I, and I think for me, that's the key. Uh, it's a yes. fear thing. It's it's not even how it looks. It's what I'm afraid you're stepping into or how it's going to play out. That's that's not good. That's so good. That's true. And the thing that helps me, that catches me, is that I, I do want relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So it does make me keep my mouth shut. Like, uh, I have a friend who's was very concerned about uh, the husband that their daughter was choosing, choosing, mm-hmm. and then they saw the difficulty in the relationship. And and sometimes when it was rough, their temptation was to just end it or come down really hard, rather than spirit led sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they chose wisdom. They chose love. They because they wanted to keep the conversation open, and if things did go south, they wanted to remain a safe place for her daughter to for their daughter to come back to. Um, and that was a challenge for them. Yes. It, it bore great fruit, and it doesn't mean you don't say anything. Right. I mean, we we protect our children. Something's going on, and we we still speak. Um, but it does mean more often than not, uh, being invited in and being mindful that they are adults, that their choices are different than ours, and that's hard when they make them. One of the ways that it's hard sometimes to see our children making choices that we might not want them to make or, or failing, even this was all of their lives, it's so easy to, um, to take them as, as a reflection on my life, on our lives. So if they're doing well, I must be a pretty good parent. You know, I'm doing this right. And that's a dangerous thing to fall into because when they're not doing well and choices that they're making, are they all my fault? You know, some of them maybe. But I think it's really important. We've said this before. Um, I've said it about my husband. He's not the report card on my life. He's not. Mm-hmm. And our children, they're not the report card on our life. And, and somehow that helps me, remembering that helps me to 
to release them and not go to control. You have to look like this. You've got to do dress. Really? You want to have a mohawk at the wedding? Not, you know, speaking from you know, hypothetically. <laughs> yes. That never happened. <laughs> it's like, bless you. You bet. Be you. Be you. Probably a, an understanding or eyes and a heart for the fact that they do have their own story and that it's different from yours. And of course, you would want that. You would want that. Yes. And it's really easy to say until they start doing it and you're thinking, what, what, what do you mean you're going to go that route? But then seeing God show up in that and seeing the beauty of their own story unfold in ways that you could not manufacture or conjure or control is is powerful and beautiful. And it's their story with their God, with with Jesus. It's not yours to control. Uh, That's so good. So that and is there anything else, Lise, that you would say to a parent that's listening right now whose child is making bad decisions and and they are deeply concerned about anything you want to remind them of that he he does have a plan for them that his eyes are not off of that child that it's not up to you you're not their savior that they need a savior they need a Savior. They need an encounter with, with Jesus that will impact and change, rescue and save their lives. We pray for our children. We're on our knees. You know, we raise them on our knees. And that doesn't stop. We are their mother, their father, all of our lives. And no one loves them more than our God in heaven. There's power in prayer, and the power of prayer for a parent, oh, I don't think you can measure that. This has been a conversation with Lisa about parenting and a little stirring the pot of what it's like parenting adult children. I think we could go for about two hours. Maybe a book. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. yeah. Lisa, you write that, and with your hypothetical stories. So thank you for joining us. This is the Ransomed Heart Podcast, and... Have a great day.